Let's shake it up a little. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper Podcast. With a little bit of salt and a little bit of spice to to make make your Tuesday just right. I'm Olivia, an entrepreneur, content creator, and a friend to call if you need some encouragement. And I'm Lisa, a mom, an artist, and I'm not your average pastor's wife. Our mission is to bring you episodes every week that will inspire you, help you grow, and bring a smile to your face. Through renowned entrepreneurs and experts, social media personalities, and our super witty and cute banter. This podcast is for the girl who wants to learn about her health, has big dreams and knows that complacency is never an option. She also has time in her schedule for two new BFFs. Because there is one thing we are confident in. It's It's always always better better when salt and pepper come together. The community aspect is so big in realizing all those things I struggled with is not because I'm a bad person. I have regulation issues with how I'm going to get started on things or I have a messy car. These crazy self-talk things we have that don't reflect reality. And I think when you get into the community, you see people being like, yeah, I have this issue too. It's like, oh, thank God that I'm not alone in this. Hi, Shakers. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper podcast. My name's Olivia. I'm Lisa, and on today's episode, we have William Curb from, did I say his full name? William Curb. You did, yes. Um, From Hacking Your ADHD. If you guys didn't listen to my personal podcast about a few weeks ago, um, I have currently, or I've recently been diagnosed with ADHD, no surprise from our shakers, no gasps, just we know. Um, So I have been binging his content because I uh, need clarity and um, I've really enjoyed his podcast. It's um, extremely resourceful. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it was great. It was a lot of information for me because I don't know anything about ADHD Mm -hmm. and I didn't know ADD wasn't a thing. So even that, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, oh, learned same. a lot. Yeah, wow. yeah. It, it's a very, like, you're learning with the both of us. There's, yeah. I'm very limited in my knowledge of all of this. I've only, uh, last week started therapy, and even then it was just a screening of understanding. But if you have any questions about ADHD, um, hopefully this, this podcast answers a lot of them. We answered a lot of like intro questions to ADHD. Yeah. His podcast touches on so many things. So so. many things. And like you were saying, like, I think a lot of those things are also helpful to, um, he calls them neurotypical. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Cause you don't want to say normal because I don't like that. But when you say like a normal way of thinking, you're like, you know what I mean? But neurotyp, the typical way of thinking. Which I, I actually have, um, uh, what's it called? Like, uh, it's just like a, I guess you can call it a pet peeve. Like when people are like thinking of different words for something that already exists, but neurotypical makes so much more sense than normal because Mm -hmm. it's not normal. It's just like the majority of how people think. And so neurotypical makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I only have one trigger word in my life and it's weird. And I really don't like it. It's really? fr- it's from like growing up That's and my weird. sister and stuff. You know how sisters are. Um, <laughs> but 
I have just been called weird so much in my mm. life that it's like a really big trigger point when mm. someone says, oh, that's weird or what you're wearing is weird. Mm. And I'm like, it's not weird. Just say that's different. Because <laughs> when you say something is weird, I think that puts on somebody that you're not normal. And that's like, like that a, you're not, not a fun okay. Thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, that you're not okay. Like there must be something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And that's that's so not the truth. If anything, right. it's like, oh, like we all we all have something and this is just one of those things and yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Um, you're all, everyone's going to find out that there's something going on with them. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Uh, I just found out sooner or it's uh, more obvious. Yeah. Um, well, let's get to our silver lining of the week. Would you like to start? Yeah. Um, my ADHD diagnosis. It, it was um, a, it was hard, but given given me so much clarity um, in um, helping me realize what's going on, my word choices, and um, yeah, putting descriptions to how I feel and why I'm doing things, which I, f- I feel like I've been going through my whole life of trying to describe myself and having a lack of understanding of who I am. And I truly believe that ADHD is now the umbrella. Um, so it's like the tip of the umbrella of like, what's going on? And then um, I've learned that everything under that is um, just, that's the stem. And then the root is like everything else that's happened. So right. it's like, like, why do I think that way? Why do I act this way? Uh, why haven't I been able to do that or why do I function this way or why do I think this is more important than something Mm -hmm. else Um, and realizing oh it's just because like I'm my brain just thinks a little differently from other people yeah 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 and I think um, I really like that he talks about like the why but then figuring out how to actually deal with it it's not just like Mm -hmm. oh I'm doing this and like that's it yeah because that's like so annoying for me but he's like, why are you doing this and figuring out? And when we were joking today, how you were saying, I literally texted him not to call. <laughs> um, when you were saying like, oh, I put in my brain, I was leaving at 1230, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, oh, I'm running late. I'm just going to say it's because I'm homeschooled joking. <laughs> but I don't know if I've ever thought about it, but I do think that's why I'm late. Mm. I've never had to be anywhere at any time ever. Mm. Like going to school, I never had to go to school at any certain time. Right. And when I was in college, I made my own schedule. And I still would just skip class if it was too early. Mm. <laughs> so I've never had to like really be anywhere. So yeah. I'm wondering not again, I'm not making an excuse, but I'm wondering if that's where it stems from. I never had to be up at seven and like go get to the bus or whatever kids do that go to school. And now you're an entrepreneur and you literally make your own hours. Because I just couldn't. couldn't. I could yeah. not handle being yeah. under somebody else's scheduling. Mm-hmm. So I'm Olivia and I'm homeschooled. Yeah. And and it's funny because I, I recently had a realization um, because I was I was learning reading disabilities are really common with ADHD because he had on yeah like uh, dyslexia right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I've I've never been diagnosed with dyslexia I have no idea if I have it I don't even know really what that means you like flip um, letters yeah and I'm really bad with um well I'm really bad with reading mm-hmm. and and since a really young age I've been in special classes for reading and to combat that I started reading more and really pushing myself and by the time I was in sixth grade I was reading like high school books 
and um then I stopped because I felt like I accomplished what I like needed to prove myself (laughs) I'm good (laughs) I was like okay like that's all I wanted to do I wanted to like prove to others and myself like I can do it no matter what Mm -hmm. yeah interesting yeah I know I hear a lot about dyslexia from Dak Shepard because he has dyslexia really bad Mm. and he was put especially when he was growing up it was like the mentally handicapped yeah you know classroom and um but there's like these crazy percentages of people with dyslexia and like what they accomplish in life and like the percentages are super high for them being like the most um what's the word like accomplished humans Hmm. because I think what he has said a lot is when you know that something is wrong it's like what you did it's like I'm going to prove to myself and I'm going to prove to everyone else that I can do this and I'm going to be this way I'm going to be this person Hmm. and then they go above and beyond because of whatever that is that's why I think struggling is really good for people Everyone, you should never be comfortable. No. Anyways, that, anyway, that's a whole other episode. Um, my silver lining, I'll make it quick, is about Star Wars. So, um, or you don't keep up on anything Star Wars, do you? Okay, so, but do you know that, like, they... Let me ask the question. <laughs> I already know. I well, you know how they revamped Star Wars and they made, like, the all new ones? I know. This is literally news to me right now. I thought it was a continuation of... It is, but it was, it's made new. So like really fast synopsis, there was four, five, six made in the seventies. Those are the best ones. Anyone argues they're idiots. And then one, two, and three was made in early two thousands. They sucked, but it was the prequels. So they flipped them. Old ones are new. old. And then they made newer ones, which is what Galaxy's Edge and Disneyland is after. That's Kylo Ren and Rey. I'm sure Bear and stuff will get into this. So you'll figure it out. But um, those ones are then a continuation of one, two, and three. So between all but it's of not these, four five and six no four five and six were in the 70s right but, but they, if it's not a continuation of one two and three it is a continuation of one two and three but they all take places at, at like different times so han solo who is friends with luke in four five See, and six i don't six, think star wars is for adhd people. probably not <laughs> just, i'll just say so a character in four five and six from the 70s his son is in the new ones mm. so it's like it is a continuation of four five and six but a lot of the elements are coming from like one two and three. is it like a middle of three and four like, so is, is the shows like a... that they've been releasing on disney plus are the middle so they mm. have characters like Boba okay i've Fett, heard about that which and, is really good yeah and mandalorian was like okay. the most insane thing ever yeah so they just came out with obi-wan and that's ian mcgregor that's from the new ones so this is like 10 years after everyone that's listening will know when anakin became darth vader well it's actually insane <laughs> Lisa, right now, it's like, what's happening so the coolest part about this so darth vader is in the old one in the 70s and they were really limited by their technology so right. in this new one in 2022, I mean, 50 years after, they're showing what Darth Vader like would have been if they would have had the technology to make those movies then. That's so exciting. they're showing like, I can't even explain to you if you're into Star Wars, like they're showing how powerful he would have been and what he could have done. And not only is it like a little bit more violent, but it actually shows like who Darth Vader was in this insane way. And Arturo and I were just sitting there and we're like, this is the most insane thing Disney has ever done because mm. they're showing real like lightsabers and what they would be and how we they would use mm. them. If you ever get into Star Wars, I'm telling everybody, Obi-Wan is the most insane thing they've ever made. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Highly recommend. So my silver lining is the new ones are kind of like the Obi-Wan. Eh. Mm. Eh. <laughs> cool so, i'm excited you're like cool <laughs> i don't i don't understand any of that um well like we said we had william curb from the, hacking your ad why is that so hard to say? i know it is hacking your 
ADHD podcast. Um, you can find everything in the show notes below. And I think that's it. So let's shake it up with William Curb. So we had the girls from Clear Stem Skincare on our show, and it is the highest listened to episode this year for a good reason. I seriously still re-listen to it. Kaylee and Danielle started Clear Stem Skincare after they had exhausted all of their resources when it came to their skin. Danielle, who is the acne guru, and Kaylee, who is the holistic nutritionist, came together to create anti-aging and anti-acne products with zero hormone disruptors or toxins, which is huge, especially for us women. After we had them on the show, I started my realistically holistic journey. You all know I've been talking about that. And I have started to find out how many products have pore clogging ingredients, parabens, toxins, and so much more. Seriously, the other day, I saw one of my products had vegetable glycerin in it. Like, go look at your products. It's disgusting. So with Clear Stem, you can look no further. So whether you struggle with acne or want to get some anti-aging products, you can head to clearstemskincare.com. My favorite right now is the Hydroglow Stem Cell Moisturizer perfect for getting that summer glow. Also, you can pair it with their sunny side brush on sunscreen. It's literally been out of stock for so long, but it's back in stock now. So go get some. Um, They informed us on the show that we need to be touching up our sunscreen every three hours. So this is just great to put in your purse and brush on when you need it. So if you want to invest in some amazing products that are free from all the gross things we do not need on our skin, you can use the code salt and pepper for 20% off your purchase. I literally just used my code today. So again, you can head to clearstemskincare.com right now and use the code salt and pepper. That's S-A-L-T-A-N-D. P-E-P-P-E-R for 20% off. Now let's get back to the show. Well, I feel like we're kind of already getting into it. Yeah, yeah. But we have on William Curb from Hacking Your ADHD. Um, Thank you so much for coming on the show. I, you have been a really great resource for me in this very new season of mine. So I'm really excited to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be able to come on and talk about you know whatever we want to talk about in regards to ADHD or not so mm-hmm. um so I was wondering if you can just share a little bit about yourself um if the podcast is all that you do if you do other things and kind of your story of your diagnosis into ADHD yeah so I've got a relatively late diagnosis um I got it when I was like 23. So it's after college, but not significantly later in life. Uh, Cause I, I know a lot of people that were like, I was diagnosed when I was 50 and I'm like, I no longer feel like I'm late diagnosed, but then uh, my kids are, have both been diagnosed and they're, um, you know, seven and four. And so I'm like, definitely not late diagnosis for them. And it's that the late diagnosis idea is just with like, oh, I'm like, I get to learn about why my I did everything in my life the way I did it previously. Uh, but so that was like, I wanted to get diagnosed because I have two younger sisters that were diagnosed and an older brother that was diagnosed. And I was like, perhaps my brain isn't working like everyone else's. Because I, I remember going in for that evaluation and they're like, do you think you have ADHD? And I'm like, well, I only have my own experience to compare from. This feels like what everyone else's brain should work like. And apparently it's a little bit different. Um, But 
uh, back to uh, story. So I right now I am the only thing I'm doing is the podcast. Uh, but previously I've done things like lots of uh, other ADHD years, several jobs. I was did, went into real estate and then I helped manage a uh, professional ultimate, ultimate Frisbee team in Portland. Uh, so that's a little bit out there. Uh, I've worked at doing the samples at Costco, all sorts of little things. So, and always wanted to kind of get into the uh, doing my own thing kind of stuff because mm. I have trouble following uh, a bigger pattern of thing. I want to be creating things and doing things my own way. And so like the podcast really let me do that. And this is actually my second podcast because I used to, I first tried one out for uh, Ultimate Frisbee and it was fun, but I was just like, it's just so much work at the time. And it was good though, because that like really helped me learn how to do the podcast. So then went like do all the editing on all what it takes to do a podcast. So then when I started this one, I was like, oh, I have this foundational knowledge that I can use to get there. And that was super helpful. Um, I guess a little few other things about me. Uh, I have a, a BA in English with an emphasis on creative writing. And so that really helps with my writing for the show. And then uh, I'm married, have two kids. I'll give myself a break here. <laughs> Yeah. No, I, so I'm actually from Portland and my brother, I think he did ultimate Frisbee in Portland. Like he's like so obsessed. I don't know if there's like a huge ultimate Frisbee culture there, but he was, and he went to Portland or, uh, Cor uh, <laughs> Corvallis OSU. And so I think that's where he first picked it up. And then, yeah, he like, he loved it. So a lot, some correlations over there. Yeah. They got some, they've got a pretty big scene there. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't know what your experience was like. I don't have anyone in my family who's been diagnosed with ADHD. Um, so my diagnosis was like not a big deal. I'm 28. So being diagnosed was almost like, I don't know. It's kind of a joke at this point, like for me to say I have ADHD. And I also don't want to disrespect people who have ADHD. So let's get diagnosed. And then when I found out, I was like, whoa okay I did not think I would take it this I don't even know how I took it um it was just like a whirlwind of like I'm fine like it's not a big deal but also um I uh I I just didn't understand how many things in my life were actually because of my ADHD. And I think that's where the whirlwind came in. I think I just had so many misconceptions of what ADHD is and what it looks like. And so that's why I just thought in my head, it's not a big deal. And to a certain extent, like it's not a big deal. But also when it's happening to you and yourself, to find out like, wait, I've gone all of my life and the way that I think and talk. Um, oh, sorry. It's my ADHD. I, it's, <laughs> I'm getting something distracted. Up, yeah. There is something, <laughs> something popped up in front of your head. So even little things like that, like it's so funny. I'm like, 
I lose my train of thought. And having this podcast was actually one of the realizations. It's the memory loss. It's um, uh, I, I always thought like I'm really good at remembering things and I'm really organized because I had to learn those things over time. And so um, I kind of just wanted to uh, just like talk about whether you think um, getting a diagnosis for ADHD is important and why. Well, uh, that's a great question because there's so many people that are like, I don't want to get that label. Mm -hmm. But what I've always seen is that when you don't have that label, you just have a different one that's way worse. You know, it's like, oh, you're lazy or you're a ditz or you're you know, super disorganized, any of these other labels that I'm like, and all those labels are like things you can't do anything about other than like, if someone's like, you're lazy. Well, my only solution for being lazy is working harder, but people with ADHD tend to work really hard already. And so it's like, oh, my only solution is to completely shatter my self-worth about my work ethic. And so when I get I know when I got my diagnosis, I also did not have a good understanding of ADHD because I mostly knew about ADHD through popular media, which grossly misrepresents it. It's like, I'm like, it's not squirrel or anything, but I, I have a window over here and occasionally a pigeon walks by and I will be like, pigeon? <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's hard to like, explain ADHD to other people without uh, really diving into things because it's like, okay, uh, there's this whole executive dysfunction thing, which is all about self-regulation and we can't, we have really, really poor ability to self-regulate. And getting that diagnosis then is being like, oh, this is why I can't do these things. And now I can try and mitigate some of the effects of that. And so I think getting the diagnosis is really important, uh, or at least if you can't go and get a formal diagnosis being like, hey, I, I think I might have this, maybe I should try some of the strategies that work for ADHD at least. Yeah, it's interesting because, so I edit the podcast, and so it's kind of been a running joke with, with Lisa where we'll edit, you know, and it'll be like a lot of maybe like run on things or just like tangents and but things that are like like crazy to the point where I'm like laughing because I don't care but I'm like you know what's what's going on you know and so the joke has always been oh I have ADHD and then Nadi I mean it's only been like a few weeks but she facetimes me and goes like I told you I knew it there's a reason you know and I'm just like okay I don't know what this means I don't know you know whatever this is so I would love to hear because for me what ADHD is, it's like the same for you. Like I think Adderall, I think Ritalin, I think things on TV that show kids that all of a sudden they become little like cyborgs when they're on all these pills, like all this stuff that I'm like, I don't feel like I really know. So I would love to know what is ADHD? What's the difference between that and ADD? And like, what does that mean as far as like, how is the brain functioning differently than a different brain? Okay. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to dig in here. So We'll start with ADD, ADHD. ADD is just an old term uh, okay. Okay. that they phased out of the uh, terminology. So now it's just, there's now three types of ADHD where you have ADHD um, inattentive, 
and then you have ADHD hyperactive impulsive, and then you have ADHD that's the combined type. And the uh, breakdown is, can't remember the breakdown. Typically you see uh, more women and girls being the inattentive type and more uh, boys being the hyperactive type. However, the hyperactive type is the lowest percentage. The biggest percentage is the combined type. So it's, even though, <laughs> I remember looking at that and be like, wait, how is, I, kn I know that women are far less diagnosed than men for ADHD, but they are, but the type that are, is, they're typically diagnosed with is the most significant portion. So that's the, it just seemed mm -hmm. discongruous to me. Like, I was like, that doesn't quite make sense. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's as people are realizing more about the diagnosis, it's like more women are getting diagnosed because it's like, oh, we were looking at this wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, so then what is ADHD is a, a developmental delay in that we, uh, I don't want to get too technical because I'm going to mess something up, but we, our brains don't develop quite at the same rate or in the same fashion as uh, neurotypicals do. And that can create uh, a lot of problems in school where we're not like socially developed as much as our peers. And that's why we have things with trouble with impulse control and stuff. And so I guess I can like kind of break down the different types of ADHD. Yeah. yeah just like uh, so the level inattentive type is really the focus on you uh, forgetting things, your spacing out, your not paying attention, having brain fog, not focused, that kind of issue. Whereas hyperactive is more of the impulsive things where you're doing things that you're not supposed to, getting up out of your seat, can't sit still. Uh, but I've also realized impulsivity also counts for like, I can't control my thoughts. I'm, I'm going like from here to here and I'm, you know, clicking through all the tabs and opening new tabs as I go on my browser. That's all impulsivity too. And it also falls into like impulsive spending and impulsive eating and all that kind of thing where you're not thinking through your actions. And then the combined type is both of those things. And then really all of this falls under this umbrella of uh, executive function, which is not part of the diagnostic criteria. However, everything that is executive function is mentioned in the criteria. It's just mm -hmm. not, the terminology hasn't been updated. Mm -hmm. And the uh, there's a researcher, uh, Russell Barkley, who does a lot of ADHD stuff. And he compares executive function to your self-regulation, like how well I can control what I'm doing. And so when you look at ADHD through the lens of, oh, I'm just unable to regulate my own self in so many ways, it's like, oh, that's where I need to then put the work in. Like a lot of people have issues with, you know, emotional regulation uh, or just, you know, like the attentional regulation. I can't select where my attention wants to be. And, uh, like earlier we had like the thing on the screen, you want to be, have your attention over here, but you're like, I can't not pay attention to that. <laughs> yeah, literally. I know. I like saw just like steam, like stop from right yeah, there. Yeah, right I was when like, I, like even like the smallest, like peripheral, something else like coming in front of me. And it's, and it's so crazy. Cause I'm, I'm still learning so much about 
my diagnosis and even that even the word diagnosis just sounds so extreme but um even just like finding it it's so funny because I I notice my ADHD the most when I do interviews and when we're having conversations and so I literally I like you can see it right here like I literally have to have like uh check boxes and I have to know oh I already checked those off like I have to be organized which I'm so bad at doing and like putting it in practice but it's the only thing that um can like keep my thoughts together or else I'm gonna start asking you questions um about Portland like that's like it's still stuck in the back of my head I'm like how long were you there (laughs) you know like my my if anything, like I understand what people mean by squirrel, but more so because my brain feels very squirrely. So like squirrels just seem so like that is me. Like you're on this tree and then you're on that tree and then you're like, yeah. So, um, wow, that really was an ADHD sentence. Um, okay. So yeah, this is what I wanted to talk about. Um, and you were kind of uh, touching on this, the regulation of emotions is is one thing that um, I've been talking to my therapist who um, we just did a screening and um, I don't quite yet want to talk about what she wants to diagnose me as other than ADHD, but um, I, I think what made me take Um, ADHD even more seriously was the correlations between ADHD and other mental disorders like depression and bipolar, which was so mind-blowing to me. And it actually made me um, open to other diagnoses for the first time that I was like really afraid of before and that like doctors have tried to um, diagnose me as before. And I told them like literally you do not put that on my piece of paper. Like I actually can't handle that. Um, and I'm finally at a point now where I'm, I'm okay with having ADHD. And I think now that I've accepted that I can accept that, oh, it's okay if there's something else going on because that's actually really common. Um, and so I, I wanted to hear from you as far as like your understanding between those correlations and kind of like debunking myths and like the scariness of all of that. Yeah. So ADHD just comes with a host of friends. Just it's, I mean, part of it's uh, that can come from the fact that ADHD symptoms can appear in other disorders. And so you kind of have this issue of like, what's really causing my distraction? Because depression can be let have these issues where, oh, I'm unable to get up and do things. And people have also talked about like this idea of ADHD paralysis where they're like stuck on the couch and can't get, do things. And so you're like, oh, that could be really from either of these conditions. Um, and then that means you have to treat it differently because <laughs> treating depression symptoms with uh, like ADHD meds doesn't work as well in treating, uh, although there are some crossovers, uh, but they're, and then treating ADHD does not work well by treating depression either. So it's uh, a phrase I like, it's trying to figure out who's driving the bus behind symptoms, because then you can go, okay, who, who am I going to try and treat here? Uh, like what symptom is important? Because there's so many things that, uh, overlap. Uh, I have dyslexia, which 
I heard one clinician describe it as if you are diagnosed with either dyslexia or ADHD, you should be uh, evaluated for the other one because they're just so commonly uh, overlap. Um, although I think that I'm trying to think it's not dyscalculia, although that, that's similar. There's um, another condition where we have trouble with left and rights and spatial awareness that's mm. very common as well, uh, which is no, which used to be part of dyslexia, but has been now moved to its own condition. And uh, so I'm just going to go through some of the things that I know are uh, comorbidities with ADHD. As you said, depression, there's anxiety is I think the most common. Uh, OCD, bipolar, um, autism is incredibly common. And so are uh, audio processing disorder, which I think was like 90% or something. And that's a lot of the, you hear someone say something and then you go, what? Oh, and then you know, you like, it just took you like Mm -hmm. second and a half longer to figure out what they said but you'd already said what and you didn't want to you're like no I gotta listen to them again <laughs> uh and yeah it's there's a lot of overlapping conditions and it's definitely they uh can exacerbate things uh earlier this year I actually went in to get evaluated for autism because it's a very common com comorbidity and I do have some very autistic traits uh they uh, went away with being like, you're, you do have, they're like, you have some very strong autistic traits. However, you do not fit the criteria because you have to fit all of the criteria for autism to be diagnosed with as autistic rather than wild. Yeah. They're like, your emotional side just is not strong enough to give you that diagnosis. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, but they're like, yeah, your repetitive movement and repetitive, uh, and like, pattern matching and all that kind of stuff. They're like, that's very strongly correlated. I'm like, okay, well, and they're like, and that can just come as a like adaptive behavior of ADHD in some ways. Mm. Uh, and then from that, they're like, you don't have autism, but really you should get to uh, look into depression. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, so that they went ahead and I got uh, diagnosed with depression as well. So I've only recently been treating that too. And that's been annoying. I, I don't like that. I took things and then I was like, this fixed the problem. Hmm. I have dealt with this since high school and I just never tried to deal with, get a diagnosis because I was like, I, I don't know why. Like, I was just like, kind of had the internalized shame of like, I'm not living a life where I should be depressed. So I shouldn't really have depression. Like I have, things are going well for me. Forget all the trauma stuff. I, things are going well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then being like, so then, yeah, I started on some treatment and I was like, yeah, this works really well. Unfortunately, that treatment gave me incredibly bad tinnitus. And so I had to be like, let's not do this one anymore. Cause I cannot sleep with this. Wait, what is that? Uh, tinnitus is like the ringing in your ears. Oh gosh. Yeah. Just constant. It hasn't gone away completely yet, but it's when I was, uh, I can't remember what, uh, medication I was on, but it was like, oh, this is really intense all the time. So yeah, that's 
things that you have to watch out for with ADHD because you're like, I'm going to have friends. I'm going to have to take multiple medications for all these mental health conditions or not. There are things you can do to help that like people like just treat depression with exercise. I'm like, I love exercising. Does has not, has not fixed the issue. Mm -hmm. Not always. Yeah. But yeah, so lots of friends and just trying to navigate. I mean, this is why I uh, recently did an episode on self-diagnosis and I was like, yeah, if you need to, go with self-diagnosis. However, because ADHD has friends, it's always good to get an opinion from someone that really knows what they're talking about. Now, there are a lot of psychologists that are terrible at diagnosing ADHD. They're like, well, your adults can't get ADHD. And I'm like, old, that's old information. You, I, I, I wish everyone had access to great psychologists and stuff, but that's not always the case. Did you know by subscribing to our podcast, you will get immediate access to our episodes every Tuesday? It'll give you a notification, so you don't even have to think about it. You can turn on these notifications on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. While you are at it, rating and reviewing the show takes less than a few seconds. It bumps us up on iTunes and gives us a shot to grow our community. It means the world, and we read every single review. If you're listening to the show and you love hearing our voices every single week, we would love to hear what you think. Whether it's your favorite episode, what you want to hear from us or maybe some stuff we need to work on we are super open to it and we would just love to hear what you guys have to say and while you're at it dm us hang out with us on instagram and join our secret facebook group the salt and pepper podcast insiders we love to talk to you guys we love to hear your thoughts and honestly we love to see it when you share our episodes thanks so much and let's get back to the show yeah, I actually, I listened to your, um, I started listening to your podcast a little bit before my diagnosis and I was listening to the self-diagnosis and I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to talk to my doctor. And I was a little worried because I had heard things like that, like doctors not believing you or like saying like, oh, like that's your normal, which could totally, or normal, um, which totally could be true, but also like uh, very, um, just not, not wanting to be helpful. And so it was crazy because talking to my doctor, it was, she was like, oh yeah, like this is what ADHD looks like in an adult. I'm like glad that you came in and were able to talk to me. And I was so shocked by that. Um, which if anyone wants my doctor's information, you can totally give her a call. She was so awesome. And so it was, it feels really, um, and I think that's like what has gone into um, being okay with like d new diagnoses. And I've even been talking to my doctor about autism. I'm like literally anything that you like see in me or like need to diagnose, like I don't want to be in denial of it. Like I, I'm here for the truth now and um, like whatever's going to help. And so, and I love that you're like being so open and vulnerable about that because there's nothing to be afraid of and um, no like um, stereotype should keep us from like being afraid of whatever the, whatever you need help with. And so it's, it's wild to me now to think I'm like, wait, so what does your brain <laughs> look like? <laughs> like how do people how do people think? And, and so it's, it's really cool, um, to have access to your podcast and for you to do so much research because it's like really breaking down. Um, uh, it, it makes me like less, um, 
like nervous to like be in the world. It just sounds so so dramatic. I'm not trying to be dramatic, but um, it it gives me like so much encouragement. Um, yeah, to just like continue in what I'm doing. You were gonna say something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just gonna say yeah. I was listening to your self diagnosis one too, and I really liked that because I have. I have like a really big issue with just social media and so much misinformation and people, everybody's assigning themselves things nowadays. And it's like, oh, I have OCD. I'm like, you just put the dishes away well. Like that doesn't mean you have OCD. (laughs) Mm. Like that's almost insulting for people that have OCD that they can't even leave their homes, you know? And I think there's a lot of things where sometimes it's helpful because then it can get you to call the doctor. But I really liked that you were like, yeah, there are helpful things, but... I think it's important to call your doctor and like talk things through because then if not, I think you can spiral and it's really easy to spiral when you're on TikTok and the algorithm is just serving you more and more things telling you what you are and what's wrong with you. And I feel like that's super overwhelming. Yeah, well, and it's realizing that a lot of these people, they don't have a background in diagnosing people. You know, they're giving information like this is my experience with ADHD and I'm like, that is great. However, that could be something else. Uh, there right. is a large contingent of uh, TikTok where the autistic community is like, stop assigning autistic traits to ADHD because, you know, it's, you're, you're, you're talking about autism here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And it's, and because of all that overlap, it's like, yeah, that could very well be true. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And I also, another thing I think is cool. I remember one of the first times we ever met for the podcast. I don't know if you remember this. And I was going over everything with her. So much information because I had a, a co-host prior to her. So I was just like, la, 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 telling her everything. And I just remember stopping going, hey, tell me when it's too much. And she was like, you were like, oh, I'll definitely tell you. I have a certain capacity. And I, I remember, yeah, yeah, and I remember her saying that because I have a really high capacity to the point where I push myself to like getting sick. And so I thought it was super important to be like, okay, but as business partners, what's your capacity? And it's got to be different than mine. And one thing you have talked about a lot is creating new normals for yourself. And this is helpful. And I don't have ADHD, but you were talking, (laughs) you were talking about how you can never put your laundry away after you folded it and how you have like, I think you called it your floor drobe where you have like certain (laughs) things on the floor. And I thought that was really cool because you weren't saying just like, oh, I'm just not going to do it then. But you were saying like, no, I'm going to do it, but I'm just going to do it a little bit differently. And that's okay because that's working for me. So I would love for you to talk on that, not even just with people that are struggling with ADHD, but kind of creating new normals around what's going to serve us and how normal can be different for every single person. Yeah, that's a thing I've been really trying. I mean, it's something that's hard to internalize too. It's just like... um the tagline I always try to go with, with the podcast is working with your brain because I, I'm not like everyone else, regardless of any diagnosis, I'm my own person and mm-hmm. I need to do the things that are going to work for me, not so the good. things that I, you know, like I spent years and years before my diagnosis, you know, like just reading things on the internet and reading books, self-help books and being like, Oh, that's the thing that's going to work. I mean, that doesn't sound like something I can do, but that's the thing that works. And unsurprisingly, that kind of thing never worked when I tried to force myself into, you know, the 
square peg into the star socket or something. It's like, that's just not going to go. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of being like, okay, how, if this isn't going to work for me like this, what is going to work for me? And how can I still do that where I'm like a functioning member of society? Mm-hmm. Because be like, also like, I can't just be a complete blob all the time and be like, this is my my normal. I need to be like, okay, how can I balance my existence with everything I need to do and with what I'm capable of doing? So yeah, capacity, I think is a great term for this because it's more than just like, I've got the energy to do things. It's like, no, like how much can I just do in general? Like, how can I function as a person while still doing what I need to do. So I I love the term capacity and looking at like, okay, how can I design my day? So I'm not overcompensating, like just going and going and going and killing myself so that the next day I can't do anything. Because for me, I've got my kids and I can't be non-functional day after day. I need to be like, I have to pick a time to stop in the day and be like, I know I could do more now. And that is hard. being like okay we're stopping for today and i'm like no but we could do so much more like yeah but i have to do stuff with them now and i think the idea of creating new normal is great because it's just okay what what are the things that work for me do i have to work at certain hours do i have to do things that are going to help me focus you know some people really like listening to music some people like listening to silence how am i going to get focused work and then how am i going to make that part of my routine so that when I sit down, I'm actually going to do those things, which is funny because I have had plenty of times where I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to this music. I'm going to sit down, sit down, put on my headphones, start working. 30 minutes later, go, I've been listening to silence for 30 minutes. Uh, I turn open the music app. I just did not turn it on. And it's really funny with things like that being like, oh yeah, there's a crazy amount of trying to figure out how my brain works so that I can do things. Um, and I think a lot, another part of that that I uh, want to explore more is doing things in the right order for my brain, because it's the analogy I like to do is like trying to take your pants off before you take your shoes off. Just it doesn't work if you do things in the wrong order sometimes. And for figuring out what your order of doing things in makes everything flow a lot more smoothly. Uh, one of the things I've realized for this was like, it's, it's kind of silly, but taking out the garbage and relining the garbage can. If I take out the garbage and then come back and reline the garbage can, I'm going to forget to reline the garbage can nine out of 10 times. If I take out the gar- take the garbage out of the thing and then just reline it before I take the garbage out to the big garbage, bigger garbage can, then <laughs> it gets done because I changed the sequence I'm doing things in. And this also works for like my, when I'm doing work being like, okay, where am I going to start with my work? Where am I going to, what's the order I need to do to make my writing happen? And, you know, sitting down, getting coffee, all that kind of stuff. And getting that order right really helps. Well, and I'm sure that's helped you with all of your, I mean, your podcast stuff, because you were talking about celebrating that you were over a hundred episodes, but trying not to say it was a hard thing to do, even though it was a hard thing to do. But having an order to things is like how you get to those milestones. Because without doing that, like for me, code switching between a million tabs is like my nemesis and I have to force myself to not do that but if I can think if I do like my motto in life is do the hard thing first or I'm not gonna do it and so having that non-negotiable and it could be different for everyone I mean that's how you get stuff done so that's just like 
a good life lesson for anyone. I feel what's, like what's so funny is um, I can't do the hard thing first because then I'll never do it. And so then I'll never do anything. <laughs> and, and that's like literally and it's so funny, like even you talking, I'm like, oh, yeah, like that is a part of ADHD, which is like so wild to me to like, oh, it just <laughs> makes me feel like so much better. And like, I'm sorry, it's all kind of emotional for me. Um, just uh, like less like dumb or like lazy. And I think that's like been the greatest thing. <clears throat> I think that's the greatest part of the diagnosis for me is I have a very low capacity and that can make me feel really guilty um being a parent and so um and then like yeah being a parent and a spouse when you have kids especially because um like my husband has a lot of energy and he can just like go 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 and do so many things like he can juggle like everything and I'm like Hey, just so you know, like when you come home and I'm resting, I promise it's almost like I have to um, like not stand up for myself, but explain yourself. I have to explain myself. I'm like, I was doing things all day and like 4 p.m. hits and I'm done. Like I literally I cannot do anything else. And and way before my ADHD diagnosis, I've learned with myself, I have a low capacity for things and I've given myself grace in that and said, it's okay. The good thing is that I know I can only do certain things and that I have to have like really hard boundaries with people. I But, but the thing with my ADHD diagnosis, I thought, oh, it's because I'm an Enneagram 9. Like Enneagram 9s are like the lazy type and very like, woo, yeah, just go with the flow. And that's not that's not how I am necessarily. And then um, I thought it's because I'm introverted. And so I just thought like, oh, that's that's um, another personality trait. That's just who I am. So um, that's been like one of the gifts of the diagnosis is like, okay, it's it's okay. It's not that I'm like choosing it, which it can feel like, oh, I'm choosing to like now like be lazy, but in all reality, like, no, you're choosing to, like, have boundaries and set boundaries and, like, protect yourself so that you can be a better person to others or else I'm going to lash out. I'm going to get so angry and um, I'm, like, not going to emotionally be there for other people. Um, I wanted to know from you, like, if you could choose, like, one thing, like, what's your biggest encouragement to people with ADHD and maybe getting diagnosed? Well, I think, yeah, you're spot on with the community aspect is so big in realizing, oh crap, all those things I struggled with is not because I'm a bad person. Like that's such a hard thing that we just keep piling on ourselves. It's like, no, I didn't, I did, you know, it's like I put off that essay because I'm morally a bad person, not because I have regulation issues with how I'm going to get started on things or, you know, I have a messy car and that means I'm not a worthwhile adult, which is these crazy self-talk things we have that don't reflect reality. And I think when you get into the community and you see people being like, yeah, I have this issue too. And it's like, oh, thank God that I'm not alone in this. I have other people I can, I'm reflected in. I remember I did a group coaching thing and it was just sitting in like a Zoom room with like, 10 other people and we could all just be like, hey, these are the issues we're dealing with and beat everyone being like, oh my God, I hate dealing with that kind of stuff. 
and being like, oh my God, I didn't think anyone else had to deal with this. I thought that was just me who brought produce every week and then it went bad before I used it, you know? Or, you know, being like, yeah, I haven't put my laundry away in a month. I just live out of my hamper. <laughs> People being like, yeah, that's something that we all deal with. And so getting that diagnosis can be like, oh my gosh, I can, I'm a, I'm a normal person. And then some of the, in realize, yeah, some of the stuff doesn't matter. Like, okay, yeah, I haven't put my laundry away. Who cares? Okay. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, that, that doesn't change that I've done all this other stuff. Yeah, I also know exactly what you're talking about being like, when you hit that like low capacity wall and you're like, I can't do anything, but I feel bad for not helping now. Mm. Um, and I know it's uh, an unfortunate reality is that it's so much worse with uh, for uh, women who, you know, have a pick up a larger portion of the household stuff that ADHD, like you're expected to do all these tasks. Like <laughs> I'm like, I'm on the list for my daughter's, school for them to text and call and stuff they always call my wife first it's not like oh yeah we didn't get you so we didn't call anyone else on the list i'm like you i could have come and picked her up i'm not that far away and it's they there's fewer expectations on me with my adhd which i'm like that's crappy that you know a lot of women have to deal with an extra set of issues on this you know that's just unfortunate reality and i'm like it's you know kind of acknowledging that for me being like hey yeah this is important to at least mention because i know I, in some ways i have a lot easier time with my adhd sometimes which i always try to get across on my podcast is like there are some issues i don't have i don't want to make people think that if i solve a problem that everyone should be able to solve a problem because it's we all are in different places and different struggles and stuff. Yeah, I think that's a good thing to talk about too with stereotypes and just putting all of these things on people. Like my biggest one is like, I work really late into the night and I don't get up early. And the biggest thing people say is like, oh, entrepreneurs, you have to get up at five and do all of your blah, 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 or you're like not worthwhile as an entrepreneur. And I think that goes, yeah, for moms. It's like, why are moms always asked like, how do you juggle having a career and kids? But they never ask the dad that. And there's just a lot of stereotypes in our world that hopefully, luckily, maybe are changing a, like little by little. But I think it's good for all of us to remember, like not one person is the same. And just because you have accomplished things doing things this way does not mean that this person can't accomplish things doing things this way. And that's a good reminder for me. I nag my boyfriend all the time about his messy car and I don't, you know, maybe tell him good job for all of the other things that he's doing. Because for me, I'm like, why would you have a messy car? But maybe that's just not something that he's able to do right now. And I think that's a good reminder for me. Mm, <laughs> so that is really good. Yeah. And um yeah, even even my husband like the number one thing uh in like the first response uh people gave me, I've only told like a handful of people. It's so funny because I told the podcast, but telling a podcast almost feels like you're not talking to anyone. Um so more people know, but as far as people I've actually told, it's only like a handful of people. And all of them have said, all of them, um, well, everyone has something. And um, uh, uh, I think I have ADHD too, or um, even like a little bit or something like that. And um, I didn't feel like it negated me at all. But um, I was curious for you to talk on that if that is the lack of understanding people have with ADHD 
Or is there actually some truth to that as far as um, maybe more people having ADHD and self-diagnosing but not really looking into it? Like they'll just like willy-nilly say like, yeah, I have ADHD, whatever, and I don't want to get diagnosed. Um, And like maybe there's more of that out there, but we um, have like put this misconception of what ADHD is. And I mean, that can go as, as far as autism. And that's why autism now is on a spectrum, which is so good. It's not just like autism looks only this way. It's like autism, you might not ever know you have autism and go through your whole life. And it's more common now to be diagnosed later in life. And I think we're seeing that with so many things like ADHD, all of these things can be a spectrum, depression, bipolar, um, even anxiety. People just think, oh, I'm just like nervous and I have, you know, I'm just like not good around people. So I was curious if you think that just comes from misconceptions or if there's actually some truth to that. Uh, both. Yeah. So there's lots of misconceptions. People do have the, we all have a little ADHD because they don't know what ADHD is. Uh, and for some people that can feel incredibly val- invalidating, but they're like, oh, we all have ADHD. And I'm like, but it's also true with, you know, there's uh, shortening attention spans is something that's like documented because of how we consume media. So I'm like, okay, that's fair. There is some basis in reality that people are having uh, more issues with ADHD-like symptoms because of just the world we live in and it being not designed for mental health in any way. (laughs) And then a number of other issues I see is that like, so ADHD is underdiagnosed despite what news things will tell you. It's like, the crisis of how many people are getting that di- no if we statistically we are under diagnosing people mm-hmm. i don't remember what the numbers are but something like five percent of the population uh should have adhd and we only mm-hmm. diagnose about three percent or something like mm-hmm. that wow. so there is a significant portion of the pop not significant but a portion of the population that will be undiagnosed and uh, then along with that we have had this thing going on for the last few years, you know, now pandemic has created this huge amount of stress on people that are people who were formerly functioning with undiagnosed mental health conditions are no longer able to function because they are dealing with that added stress. And that is making a lot more people seek out diagnosis because they're like, I can't function. I need some, I need help. Yeah. I, um, when you were talking about that that's one of your later latest episodes um I think that's also like what made me realize it but it wasn't um it wasn't necessarily the pandemic but like even postpartum and like how bad my postpartum depression is and it made me realize oh that's just like the epitome like that's just the peak of where it's been but wait I might have had depression my whole life like it it was this surprising thing and then uh, my memory loss getting way worse after having children and I'm like wait I think I had some of that before um in like short-term memory and I I've actually had uh someone um say like I need you to apologize for saying you have memory loss because 
um like you you really don't and you like kind of just throw it around and so I was like wait but I actually like just because and now that I have the diagnosis I'm like so frustrated with that conversation because I'm like but I knew that there was something like wrong and that I uh don't have a great memory like even just like losing track I I understand more than anything Dory now um and and so yeah I think that that goes into um a feeling a little negated but also like I get it like I I it was only like two months ago that I like didn't have quote-unquote ADHD and I understood I understand what people mean by you know um their misunderstanding of of what it is but um I also want to say, I mean, 2% of the population is a lot. So as far as numbers are concerned. So that's actually kind of a crazy fact that I, I want to look more into that kind of stuff. And um, I'm curious for my own sake, uh, how how did you or was it doctors that noticed that your children had ADHD? And, and how does that come into play usually? Uh, so for... Uh- ADHD has a high genetic component. A lot, uh, it's funny, a lot of women get diagnosed after their children get diagnosed and they're like, wait, doesn't everyone's brain work like that? And they're like, no. (laughs) And so they go, oh, I should get checked out too. Uh, So that is a frequent thing. So there's a fairly high genetic component to ADHD. And so because of the strong link in my family were all of my siblings and myself, I was like, I am going to watch out for it in my children. And having that knowledge of being ahead of time. Like, okay, I'm going to watch for the signs in her. What are the diagnostic diagnostic criteria and being like, okay, she is fitting a lot of them. And we went and had, we did a fairly extensive uh, diagnosis for her because she was young and we didn't want to be like overly trying to do it. Um, mm. And really what we wanted to do for her is get the diagnosis. So then when she was in school, we could start working on getting accommodations for her, um, which is not an easy process. Schools do not want to really give you a lot of the accommodations because especially they don't mind giving you accommodations that don't cost them anything. It's going to cost them something, then they're going to fight you on it. Uh, But yeah, having the diagnosis being like, okay, we're going to get her coming. And then because of the high genetic factor, we, when we went to try and get my son diagnosed, they were like, yeah, fill out this form. If he fought like the, I can't remember the, the Vanderbilt test. Um, and he was there like, yeah, he clearly falls within the criteria for that. So he did not have nearly a high write-up, but it was also like, oh my God, he has no impulse control at all. Like my wife and I are like, you know, sometimes you go, okay, is this just normal kid behavior or is this ADHD kid behavior? Mm, Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference, which is why they typically don't diagnose before four years old. Um, Because then after that, you can kind of be like, okay, do they have this uh, self-regulation ability and that kind of thing? And when you can be like, yeah, that's just way out there for some things. Yeah, that's really good to know. Before we get to our silver lining, I had a question for you about like how family members or business partners can support people with ADHD and some encouragement, maybe some things not to say, (laughs) some things to help. And I know you talk a lot about, yeah, like helping your capacity or creating a new normal, but how can people on the outside assist in that? Yeah. So it's very, I mean, it's always going to be very individualized, but uh, I know a lot of people with ADHD 
have a lot of trouble with the open-ended things that uh, aren't getting checked in at all, you know, like be like, hey, I'm, you need to have this project in, in a month, you know, and then, uh, you know, comes like two days before, like I haven't started. Oh my God, I can't do this in two days. So uh, for a lot of people having regular check-ins with projects and kind of, that kind of thing can be really helpful and trying to do it in a way where it's not like, I know you forgot this, so I'm going to help you. But being like, hey, we're just going to have this regular check-in. How are you doing? Mm -hmm. Great, great. Because um, I know I'm checking in with someone. I'm way more likely to do something. Uh, so having that kind of accountability is can be super helpful. And then, yeah, just working on being understanding about uh, self-regulation issues. So this has been super important with my kids being like, why are they doing the behaviors they're doing? They don't want to even be doing the behaviors they're doing. And being like, okay. They're like, it's the end of the day. They have no self-regulation yet. I really need to be right there with them, helping them through brushing their teeth because they can't not fight. <laughs> it's And it's not because they're bad kids. It's because at that point in the day, they're just drained and they, they have no ability to self-regulate anymore. So I need to be the adult and help them through that. And not always easy, but that's... And so... I've always found, yeah, looking through things with that self-regulation eye and being like, okay, how does this, they're not doing this because they're, they want to do it this way. It's, they're just having trouble doing things the way they want to do it. And that, that has helped me with my self-talk to myself and my self-talk with how I deal with my kids being like, okay, they're not, they're not doing this on purpose. They're trying their best. How can I help them? keep doing that. Well, we always love to ask our guests what their silver lining is. So something good that came from something bad or challenging in any time frame. Is there anything that comes to mind? I mean, I did have that. Uh, this is something that's always funny because I was talking with a friend about this earlier uh, a while ago. And it was because of how I do my podcast with a lot of like self-reflection. Anytime something negative happens, I'm like, oh, I can use this. <laughs> That's literally what we always yeah. say. Like her diagnosis, I'm like, great content. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, earlier I was also talking, like I had my ultimate Frisbee podcast, which really just was a stinker in the end. It's like <laughs> the, and my inability to follow through on, let's see, I think I recorded my last episode for that one, like in a June and I managed to post it by December. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> was and it was because of my inability to follow through with that that I was like texting with a friend and I was like man I'm just so lazy blah 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 and then I was like man that's terrible self-talk I mean this is really more probably because of my ADHD and then I like seriously looking at it, I'm like oh I could do something about this mm. I could I know I have ADHD but I'm sure like I know there's got to be things strategies out there and it's, but before that point, I hadn't really looked for strategies on how to manage my ADHD. And that led me down the journey of figuring out how to manage my ADHD and then starting my podcast. No. So it was awesome. really hitting that like, man, this, I can't do this. Why? And then really sitting with that. Why? Why can't I do this? Well, we totally believe uh, there's no such thing as failure. So, yeah. you know that happening was you starting that podcast was for you to start this new podcast and it's helping I mean I'm just one of the very very few that has gotten so much from you and so much encouragement so keep going we're so <laughs> thankful for you I'm so thankful for you 
And tell us all where we can find you. I know it's Hacking Your ADHD on Apple Podcasts. Where else can we find you? Yeah. So yeah, any podcast platform pretty much. Uh, I'm also occasionally on social media, um, mostly on Twitter because that's the what I consume the most easily. Uh, but I also have a TikTok channel that I sometimes update and a... Um, a Facebook and an Instagram exist. I'll, I'll okay. leave that. Uh, that my my capacity for social media is. I'm like just not gonna update those ones anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter works well. Thank you so much. I I know I learned a lot and we really enjoyed it. So thanks for being on. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I had a good time talking. Well, Shakers, thanks for listening to today's show. We are so happy you took the time to listen. If you liked it, share it on your Instagram stories and tag us. We will make sure to send you a message. We love connecting with our audience and also love to see that you are listening to the show. It truly means the world. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review. It helps our show grow. You can also follow us at the Salt and Pepper Podcast on Instagram. Well, I think that's it. So we will shake it up with you next Tuesday. I'm all shook up.